Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Spinner Rack. I'm here with my boy, Cal. Cal, say what's up to everybody. What's going on? Ready to rock. Hey, today we're going to be talking about Eternals. Yeah, it's hit streaming. You know, we did a previous review, but we're going to go into what's happening with streaming. We are talking about what happened. What do we think on the second look, whether this movie were a little too harsh or not. And I'm here with my boy, Cal. going <coughs> to give us a quick breakdown. We don't really need to go into a breakdown. I guess we could just go straight into it. Cal, what was your take on the Eternals? Bam. Oh man, this was, it was pretty disjointed. It's not a film that fits within the rest of the Marvel universe that's already been created. You have to understand, I'm really trying to struggle as to why it was greenlit and what was the direction, what were they trying to do with this movie? All the other Marvel movies tend to want to connect to each other to promote world building and to, you know, at, you know without a doubt, make it feel that you need to see every movie. And this one has very much no connection to anything else. And because the way that it starts where the Eternals are pretty much responsible for everything, you know, the leaps in technology, uh, all of the myths that people have, well, that kind of undercuts a lot of the stuff that we already had with the Marvel Universe up to this point. Uh, you know, the ending, it was just really out there. This is like a movie, I'm looking at it as I said, this was like another movie not a Marvel movie, but just another movie. And these guys pretty much did the production on it. Just a really, some of the choices are just really queer at the end of the day. Not, not sure why they did it. Yeah, I, I mean, I gotta agree with you on that. There, it's a different take on a movie. And I think that Marvel uh, or Feige is trying to expand his, his uh, I guess his base. He wants to try different things and see how things work out. I mean, there was a lot of criticism when the movie came out that, hey, Marvel now has its first love scene. Like, why was there a need for a love scene? There's a, uh, you know, the whole cast is like, there's such a huge cast. And I know you have a big cast in, in Avengers, but there was just so much of a cast that you really couldn't delve into quite a lot of different stories. There were some standouts for me in this thing. I mean, like I, I gotta give Angelina Jolie as um, Cersei off the chain. You know, I gotta give, um, you know, Icarus off the chain, you know, I'm sorry, you know, like that. But I think that the way the story was written kind of confused a lot of people as to what was actually going on, especially, uh, I mean, this, this is just on the, 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 the narrative frame of what was going on to the story and why it was important to Earth and, and what was going on. But on the other end, you also have the change that they made in, for comics. And I wanted us to discuss that along, but let's discuss that in a couple of minutes, but let's first focus on just on the movie itself. What about the movie? The items that you think really detracted not the not the comic book stuff just generally if you were just watching the movie cold what do you think made um hurt it me for me example is just the whole explanation and the pacing were the biggest issues for me what about you and the, the size of the cast explanation i mean the size of the cast wasn't too big of a deal because they they at least for me because they spread them out and they did knock off a couple of people uh but the, the people who they decided to focus on as decided as a part as a as opposed to the people they decided to put away again like the, the choices you have angelina jolie in the movie which we discussed you know off camera and you got her in the movie and she spends most of the time like in a sanitarium with this dude gilgamesh so you're like you wasted her that's like wasted talent you know and you trying to understand okay well why the focus on these characters as opposed to the other ones then you have a character like makari who only seems to be there for fight scenes. There's really nothing, there's really no other reason for her to be there. And then I'm cracking up because the actress who plays Makari seemed to have had more lines than Angelina, Angelina Jolie at the end of the day. You know, so you, you look at, I, I look at, uh, Sprite was also something that- I, I mispronounced the name. 
is not Angelina Jolie is not Angelina Jolie is Athena. Okay, so just want to mention Cersei is Gemma Chan, who I definitely like, but there are issues on that, and I'll talk to you about that. So sorry about that. Athena is Angelina Jolie. Yeah. So you know, and then the uh, Sprite was also something that was very questionable because all of the rest of the Eternals are adults, all of them. It's not like you have a mixture of kids, teenagers, and everybody else is a grown person. Why is Sprite the only person who's a kid? You know, it was never addressed. It's just there. And then she's telling her like, oh, look, I have enough power to still make you human. And, you know, you could do that. And she's like, oh yeah, I want to do that. I'm like, why? Why would you want to do this? You know, you're still an eternal. I, I, it, it, the, the things that they, there was never any characterization with her that makes that choice that she makes towards the end a reasonable or an acceptable choice. The, the fact, and the, the biggest issue I had was that the Eternals are the problem. And I have really exhausted myself with those type of movies. It's a superhero movie. The heroes are supposed to be there solving problems. They're supposed to be helping people. You guys are the problem. If you guys weren't here, none of this would be going on. None of it. This is, you know, this is all back to everything that you guys come from. And the only person who seems to have any sort of commitment is Icarus. And then he turns out, well, he's the bad guy. Why? Because he actually wants to do what he was created for. <laughs> you know, it's just wild. And we're supposed to dislike him, like the people who are supposedly on our side, even though you are all responsible for this problem. If you guys were not here, none of this would be going on. Yeah, I agree. And, and, <laughs> so, and then you have the, to me, did you even feel, the relationship between her, between um, Gemma Chan and 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 uh, Cersei and Dame Whitney, I didn't feel a connection. No. I didn't even feel a connection with her and and um, Icarus enough. You know, like there's no, more of a connection between her and Icarus than there is between her and Dame Whitney. And it seems like, well, she literally said, you know, I waited for you quite a while, and you know, I'm like, okay, she waited for you, and then she moved on with this guy. But if you were a dude for five thousand years. <laughs> I don't know. I just didn't. I just thought that it, that whole love story could have been. I think it could have worked if they would have explored more. There's a deleted scene where he's basically talking to Sprite about stuff, and um, and you know he's he's learning. She's literally telling. I think they 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 do hit. They do talk about it where in the uh, in the movie itself where he's like, yeah, I heard your boyfriend several hundred years old or several thousand. You guys have been together. You guys broke up a couple hundred years ago, and you can fly and stuff like that. So they have that scene, which I thought was. Well, not necessarily needed, but I think it definitely would help to round out the character. But in terms of relationship, you didn't feel, they didn't have enough time to develop it. Like, wow, him and Cersei have something in the comics when they're in Avengers, you feel more of a, of a, of a relationship. You feel more of a, of a, of a pulling, a, a, a struggle. But here it's like, yo, it could have been any dude. You know what I'm trying to say? And, and that goes, you have a relationship. That with goes people. back to, that goes back to what I was saying earlier. What, what's the point of all of this? Yeah. You know, you, you is this supposed to be, uh, you know, this guy realizing that his love for this character is going to trump his duty to Arishan? Was that the point? It, or was it any of the other the things that uh, were, were trying to be addressed? I think the trap the movie falls into is trying not to be a superhero comic book movie where these guys come in, look, I want to do something different. I, I get it. You want to do something different, but then you got to be able to execute and you're dealing with uh, you're dealing with, you know, archetypes, you're, you're dealing with exemplars. And a lot of times they don't want to do that. They want to write uh, directors, writers, they want to write characters who 
uh, give allow them more flexibility than you'll get from an archetype. But that's what these characters are supposed to be. And instead of working with that, you're like, well, let's do this. You know, let's try to turn stuff on its ear. We'll do something different. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Right here, it didn't work. Yeah, I agree, I agree. Um, so let's talk about the comic book issue. So what about the comic book issue are we, uh, you know, the issues with the comics that we have with this movie? And there's some pretty profound differences between the comic and the, uh, and the movie. So Cal, go. Some? Did you say some or total? <laughs> total difference. <laughs> <laughs> this is about everything. You know, if you just go with the look and, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the uh, just go with the look and the gender swap and all that other type of stuff that was going. It's just totally different than what you would read inside of the comic. But the whole idea of the comics was that the Eternals created like a myth within a myth. Because you had the myths with the Greek gods. And then you add the Eternals where, oh, even, you know, there's a myth about the Greek gods. But even some of those are myths because we came in and executed some of that in, in, a conjunction, with, in conjunction with the Greek gods. And it's more Kirby's, uh, you know, Kirby has a great love of mythology as well, which when he creates his own with uh, the new gods, we see a great step there. And then uh, I think the Eternals is more of a, the Eternals, I think you can say is more of a continuation of his exploration along those things. But he never stopped, even when he was doing stuff like Captain Victory, still those, um, those archetypes that you'll find in mythology. But I mean, just about it, I mean, it, this is two totally different things. It's two totally different things. And one of the other things, but one of the other things is that I don't think they also understood is that Kirby, when he was creating the Eternals, these guys were separate from the Marvel Universe. They weren't really interacting with anybody. The closest they ever got to it was a Hulk robot. And it was just a robot that happened to look like the Hulk. That was as, you know, as close as they got. And I don't even know if they read the series. I think they, maybe they just looked, got some, some quick character Bibles and never read the overall storyline of what was happening between the Eternals and the Deviants, the Celestials, all of that. This just turns into a, a very postmodernist take on, you know, if it's, if it's an authoritative figure, it must be evil, it must be out to try to get us, you know, we'll, we'll add that particular, we'll add that particular twist where, oh, we thought we were doing good, but we're really not. You know, all those, uh, you know, all of the cliches, all the tropes that we've seen before when it comes to that. But these are two totally different entities at the end of the day. Yeah, and I agree with you. It's very important that you put that, you know, look, for me, the Eternals have always been, I, I don't know why Kat Feige made it. I mean, I understand they're trying to get more characters and stuff coming up, but but the thing is, is that, um, uh, you know, you have like the A, the A-class Marvel heroes, the X-Men, the Spider-Man, um, and I know I'm going to get shot for this, then you have the B, like the Iron Mans and the Thors and stuff like that, and then you have to see like the guardians of the galaxy and the but this is like on that level you know they were never like the prime characters people automatically hey i've got to watch the eternal i've got to read the comics because i mean this was always and the stories were always pretty long and pretty involved um uh, and here's where i had the issue that there's they have a huge backstory and a huge and it's not straightforward and i can understand they go in it and they feel very daunted by it got it but there are ways to simplify and make these stories better um, they, they between them and the deviants and and the celestials and there, there's some pretty good stories that you can read. But the problem here is that they came in and say, "Man, we're gonna wipe that sucker out." You know what I'm trying to say? Um, we read it, don't get it, don't like it, don't want it. And that to me is where the problem is. 
Marvel stands out, and I know they've done this for a lot of movies, and we've complained about it, but to me, the wholesale change is pretty dramatic from the characters being genetically, I mean, immortal, they're able to control their molecular, their, 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 themselves, to, to, to be um, able to, 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 to not be susceptible to diseases and, and poisons and toxins and, and be strong and stuff into where they're now, oh, they're just robots. You're like, what? Yes, we understand. They were, it's one thing to say they're genetically engineered by the celestials. It's another thing to say basically they're just robots. And that's what they basically made them saying. These are just robots and clones that they, that they made and they just make a couple more whenever they want to. I, I'm not even sure what the heck they are. Because like, they, they're definitely, I mean, robot, android, clone. I mean, they're on a totally different level than any of that type of stuff. I know. I, I, in, it, it, to me, it's like, it's such a bad thing because it takes away from the whole Thanos thing. Um, I mean, they did a good job developing Thanos, and, and there they they went differently there too, you know, from um, you know what, how they went about with Thanos. But now it's like I don't know how do you redeem this. I don't know how you come back from the way you've totally changed this whole universe. And the the, the possibilities were endless. You have um, Thanos, you have Star Fox, you have those in Titan. How do you explain those in Titan being different from the ones on uh, the Decessors, not the, the the Eternals on Titan, to those who are on um, Earth? How do you interact with that? That's why I said in my last review, um, this is basically a one and done. I think this sets the stage for some of these characters, understanding that they were not part of the universe of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and they're the background characters. And when you need a big celestial event happening or big international, then you can say, hey, let's bring in the celestials, then let's, let's bring in the um, Eternals to help us out. And I think that the, the big bad for this, this thing is supposed to be Kang. So when things need help, these are perfect. These guys, you know, you can go count on some of these guys. But I think they're going to have to develop further characters, such as Cersei. You know, Dane Whitman, I think, doesn't necessarily need to have to be in all of this stuff. He's going to be, a, he's been a character in the Avengers, and he can go back to being a character in the Avengers. He was a leader of the Avengers. He's going to have to show definitely more um, leadership ability to be in there when, you, when you're missing somebody like uh, Captain America and Iron Man, right? To me, that's what I'm thinking. This is just my my personal take on this, because at this stage, it's not gonna it's not gonna rock it. You know, it's like Ant Man running and taking care. Well, Ant Man did lead the the Avengers at one point, but I'm just saying, right now the character who's running Ant Man is like, oh, I'm gonna be the head of the Avengers when you've had two huge shoes to fill. Right? That's my take. What about you? What's your, what's your thought of way of where this is gonna go? Will there be a sequel, or will it, or this is just background? I say no. I say no to a sequel, even though at the end it says the Eternals will return. I said yes, but not in another movie. I just don't see that happening. Not for the amount of money that they spent on this one and the return they got for this. You know, usual Hollywood conventional wisdom is, hey, if it if it does really good, we'll make another movie. If it doesn't do really good, we're not making another movie because, hey, people, we we really didn't get a great response to this movie. Why are we making another one? But hey. It's their money. They can do whatever they want with it, but I don't see another sequel happening. And I think you hit most of the, I think you hit most of the points. You know, if the whole idea of this is being created because we want to introduce some potential big bads coming down the road and some people who can help with it, okay. But you establish these guys as the problem. And you establish them also in a manner which I don't even know exactly what they are. And then it would just leave these other social things going on in the film too. And I'm kind of like, I don't really like, you, you talked about the love scene. Hey, I don't have any problem with the love scene in a Marvel movie. The, the trouble is that you've gone for so many years without doing it. 
the best these guys ever did was smooch. <laughs> that it, you know, that when you show it over here, it just kind of like, you know, it, it really stood out and there was really no development between the two of them. Even though I thought they had more, chem, uh, I thought Gemma Chan, uh, rather Cersei and Icarus had more chemistry going than Dane Whitman and Cersei. But even then it's kind of like, huh? You know, like, all right, you know, you would, it, it just really, it just really stood out. And then you throw some of the other stuff in there as well. I was like, okay, not really sure what you, not really sure what you guys are doing with this one, but you want to do something different and try it out, see how it works. Yeah, I agree with you. So, I mean, so overall, I mean, we don't think that this is one of the, the better at Marvel um, films that, that have come out. Definitely not a, a good adaptation of the characters that, you know, while, while seemingly, while seemingly, um, you know, impressive in powers and scope. And, and this is to me, Mike, like I said, I was saying, I think that having them there when at the end of the day, let's say if they do uh, an, an Avenger, not, not, uh, Infinity War-like series, movies like uh, with Kang, going after Kang as a big bad, you know, I think them having a separate movie doesn't work, but them being part of, yeah, the event, the, 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 the Eternals come back as part of a, either as a group or like how they're doing with Doctor Strange and um, Spider-Man, you know, bringing them together, you know, these joint movies, I think it can work, but they can't do this on their own. It, them as a group doesn't hold up. Probably they need to put a Spider-Man <laughs> in the next Eternals, which kind of doesn't make sense, but they didn't use Spider-Man in, in Infinity War, right? So they can do whatever the hell they want. You know, I think if you ask me, the money should have been spent on trying to get the, the, the X-Men or Fantastic Four out. I don't think The Eternals is a film that couldn't have been successful, but again, I don't know what the purpose of this film was. It's not clear to me what exactly they wanted to do. I can take some guesses at it, and I, you know, I've talked with people who enjoyed it. You know, they gave their reasons. I said, okay, that's fine that you enjoyed it, but you know, there are films that I've enjoyed, and you know, the majority of the people didn't. <laughs> I never saw the and I never saw the film again. I mean, do you remember Inhumans? Yeah, I did in humans. Yeah, I gave it a good review. Yeah. Pete shot it yeah. down. You know. Oh no no. See, that's great because where you where you remember in humans, the majority of Marvel people do not. <laughs> I know, but you know. I... And this for me is along the same lines as that. When they introduced the Inhumans, it became all right. What was the purpose of introducing? Are you trying to expand? You're trying to expand your world. Okay, great. How does the how do the Inhumans expand the world? What are you trying to do with? Eternals. Okay, great. How, how did the Eternals do that? Did the Eternals do that? All right, but we, we let's 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 one make one quick point though, and and, and it's Chloe Zhao, who's a, it's the director, who is an Oscar winner um, that Marvel's able to bring back, and you know, she her one the movie came out in the pandemic, so the potential upside is a lot less than happened. So right now the movie, and I'll show you this real quick. Um, we'll just with the um, Rotten Tomato you know, in terms of their score and also in terms of how they did in the, in the box office. So you have 100, this is just domestic, we're not, you, we're not doing international. So it made 164 million. And you're talking about these movies are being depressed by 30 to 40% in terms of what they would have gotten in the regular box office if they had a chance for, for it to come out. So if, it, you know, if a 30% or 40%, it would have been over $200 million. Made 400, four, four or $500 million altogether if, and that's another thing too, they weren't allowed into China. That could have made a considerable difference. Usually these Marvel movies are going 40% domestic, 60% international, you know, and some even higher. So this month, this number- 
has been depressed because of, you know, one, um, they backed the, Ch the Chinese, did not allow it into their country, you know, um, and they didn't did allow, they allow they didn't allow Spider Man. Did they, did they allow Spider Man in? Nope. Spider Man, not. Spider Man has made almost Spider Man, and Spider Man did 2 billion? Uh, it's like 1.5 is going towards 2 billion. It's on its own. So, you know, they yeah, want so to make, that, they want that to pretty much, that, that pretty much ends that argument right there. I think Spider-Man is a different movie. I think Spider-Man is a is a movie that there's so much <clears throat> pent up demand right now. It's still kicking everybody's butt in the box office. So I think nobody. I don't think any Marvel films got allowed in this year. Not Black Widow. Not not Shang Chi. Not the Eternals. So none of them got there. Okay, and the the lowest performer is the Eternals. If you just want to go by the numbers, which I'm not really somebody who likes to do that when it comes to films, but this is a film with a 200 million dollar budget. And, you know, I think that, you know, at the end of the day, they, they cracked about 400. So they'll make their money back and then some. But you have to look, but then you look at the other films and all these films performed in, in comparison, much better than this film. Yeah, I mean, and, and again, I want to always put an asterisk that there is a, there could have been a market or a bigger market, but because of the pandemic, uh, things didn't go. I personally- All these films were released in, all these films were released in, but all things, these films were released in the pandemic as well. No, but different things were happening. During Black Widow, they was released also at the same time on streaming. So their complaint is that they could have done better, but because it was released at the same time on streaming, people stayed home. The Shang-Chi was actually had that window when things were, everybody was taking the vaccines and it was getting better and there wasn't anything raging. Um, Eternals, you know, is still it was starting to pick back up again, so that could be it. Of course, it wasn't at the very stage at Omicron where Spider-Man was like, people like screw it. This is the movie we've been waiting to see. We want to see it. We we're going to go no matter what. And so they did go to see it. So different things going on here. But like I said, my favorite um, movie outside of Spider-Man was Black Widow. You know, and it, it doesn't get that number here. But with the streaming, um, they thought they could have made. They thought this could have been a much bigger number. Um, so it's it's a, it's a weird situation. All right, guys. So, overall, are you recommending people watch it or not, bro? Hmm. Hmm. Have to say no. Wow. I say this is a uh, why. You don't need to see this movie and continue on with your enjoyment of the Marvel universe, and that's the biggest problem. This movie doesn't connect to the rest of the Marvel universe in any shape or form. So you can, same thing with like the Inhumans. You never have to watch an episode of the Inhumans and you're still very much connected to everything that's going on. You can miss this entire movie, okay? You can even miss the end credits and still connect to everything else that's going on. This movie is a self-contained entity all to itself. Well, actually that's redundant phrasing right there, but this movie is on its own island and you can choose to visit it or not, but would I recommend that you watch this? No, you can pretty much just keep going down. You can pretty much just stay in the Marvel world and never have to visit this place at all, which is a big mistake on their part. Yeah, I kind of agree with you there. Well, again, I think that um, the Black Knight Dane Whitman will be coming back. Uh, not necessarily the question whether the world of, of Celestial will, will, will be part of it. I don't think so. I think this is it. I think this is, I don't think they, I don't see them having their own movie again. That's my personal thought. But um, but I think that they will show up in other in other um, what do you call it in other films um, you know or probably they'll do like a, a combination like Scarlet Witch Doctor Strange or something like that but that's what I think all right well so thank you everybody for showing up you see what you like give us a thumbs up comment um, 
like, subscribe. Spinarak, out.